Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? Welcome to Horror Flicks and Music Mix. We're your hosts. I'm Dustin. And I'm Kevin. On this podcast, we discuss horror films and scores with both fans of the genre and professionals of the music and film industry. Our goal with this podcast is to meld our love of horror with our passion for music, hoping to inspire our listeners to appreciate all elements of the art of film. Happy Friday the 13th. Oh yeah, happy ah. So happy I wonder Friday. what we're talking about today what on are we Friday talking the 13th. about today? I think we're talking about Friday the 13th. Yeah, we... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah today's Friday the 13th. This episode's dropping on Friday the 13th. But today's actually really not Friday. Thirteenth. Ah, we could just say it. They won't know. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. yeah. Um. So in this episode, we were like, "All right, what do we do? Which Friday the Thirteenth do we cover?" We were overthinking it. We just started. Might as well just do the first one. Yep. Absolutely. uh, Yeah, the first one uh, came out in nineteen eighty. It was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. And Kevin, how did you hear about Friday the Thirteenth? Oh man. So in I'd say middle school. Um, we started getting into, me and my friend Scott were starting to get into all the horror films and just going to Hollywood video, um, they're blockbuster too, but Hollywood video was closer to our house. We'd walk up there. We just find all these movies and we found all the Friday the 13th in a row and we're like, let's, let's check this out. For me, Friday the 13th is my, my, like, that's the one that I grew up with. That's the slasher series I grew up with. So Jason's always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, some people love Michael Myers, some people love Freddie and so on, but Friday the 13th for me, because those are the ones I always came back to. And I was Jason for Halloween twice. Nice. That's how much I, I loved it. I just loved everything Jason related. Um, and when I watched the first one, of course, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to see. I mean, I don't want to give it away, but you're like, you think you're going to see something, but you don't. It's still cool yeah. and it's still you know iconic for its flaws. But, I mean, Star Wars has flaws and it's still incredible. So, you know, that's, that's not the point here. But yeah, I um, just seeing it at Hollywood Video, I'm like, ooh, Friday the 13th, and it's got that iconic cover. Um, and then I saw all the other nine to ten of them. I was like, I want to check these out. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I've known about Jason since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think it's because um, I might have been introduced to Jason through Freddy. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Just I've I've known about Jason forever. Um, I remember <clears throat> like in one of the Friday the Thirteenth. No, I don't even know. Actually, no, I lied about the whole Freddy thing because Jason doesn't pop up in any Freddy movies, does he? No, but Freddy props pops up, up pops in, up in Jason okay. movie at the. So tech- I don't know. I knew about Freddy and Jason just like right along the same thing weren't they mm-hmm. both uh i mean paramount and new line cinema took over for friday the 13th but right. i do remember being a kid um trick-or-treating one time for halloween and uh i went to this house um and the dude that answered the door was dressed as jason i was oh. probably like six years old maybe and it scared the shit out of me mm-hmm. so i don't know i was i was kind of scared of jason um but then I ended up checking out his movies, and mm-hmm. I it didn't really scare me, but uh, I just thought it was cool as hell. Yeah, they're, they're I, good. Yeah. They're fun. That 
that hockey mask is like can as iconic, just like Ghostface is for you know, it's great. Yeah. Just one of those, and then Michael Myers, obviously, with the um, uh, the what am I thinking of William Shatner? William Shatner mask. Yeah. yeah sorry, I was like, what the Spock, <laughs> some shit. But um, just when I was little, that just appealed to me big time, and I was like, yeah, that's my guy right there, unstoppable killing machine, unfuckwithable stuff like that. Unfuckwithable. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, do you want to give us a spoiler-free short uh-huh. summary of this first movie? And you, and here's the thing. We usually use notes, but I'm not going to use any because yeah. I've seen this movie way too much. So, we're at a summer camp. And at this summer camp, there have been a string of missing kids. And it was closed down. But now it's opening back up. Because mm-hmm. um, in the 50s, there was a murder or a few murders done of camp counselors and they decided to close it down for good. But now they're bringing it back and these kids are all going back to camp. Little do they know that something is there or someone is there waiting for them. And they will be in for quite the surprise on this Friday the 13th. Does that do it? I think nice. I think that's, I think that's all right. Camp crystal Lake camp crystal or the actual camp is Nanahanibana from or something from New Jersey. I had it written down. I can't. Oh no, find it's it. a Camp Nobibusco. Yeah, there you go. I don't. I just, I know. Nana. Yeah, <laughs> I I know it's it's in New Jersey, upper upstate New, New Jersey. Jersey and, yeah, yep. You can go visit it, and you still have all the memorabilia from the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for got the name down. I was like, I had I it, and then I can. For some Banana. reason, yeah. I just yeah. Oh yeah, Camp Nobibusco. It's, ah. it's a weird name. But uh, so trigger warnings. Um. I mean, there's some brutal killings in this. Uh, I found out that there, the snake was a real snake. Mm-hmm. Chopped yep. that head, snake's head off. Some people oh, yeah. are mad about that. So there's a little bit of animal cruelty. If they this. don't like that, then don't watch Cannibal Holocaust. We'll don't. get to that another time. Yeah. That's, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <there's>... Um. <clears throat> so I guess I'll just take the lead here Let's and you in. can jump on in. And... Yeah. We will dig into Friday the 13th. All right, so the movie starts out at Camp Crystal Lake in 1958. The sounds of frogs, crickets, and a group of counselors singing. Horribly, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's nighttime, and it goes to our like a point of view of the killer. So every time it's the killer, it's the POV from the killer. You don't know who the killer is throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. until the end. Um, so... The killer's looking around in one of the cabins while some kids are sleeping. It's haunting music and that ki 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 ma ma ch 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 ma ma ma. Yeah, what's That's interesting cool. about that ki 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 ma yeah, for everybody thinks it's just ha but you know obviously yeah. with the amount of distortion used and the feedback, it just came out as as that, and it's actually kill 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 ma ma ma. We'll say why later, but mm-hmm. um, for the longest time, it was only. Maybe like a few years ago when I figured out what it actually stood for. I was I was just yeah. This is like still badass either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah. After the ma ma ma, it's it, that it sends shivers down your spine because it's like what? Um. <clears throat> it cuts back to the counselors finishing up the song around the campfire, and then they start a new song. Uh, while that's going on, two of them leave. And they sneak off to go do some of the dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they start yeah, making out. Hormones. <laughs> they start making out, and it goes back to the point of view of the killer, who's lurking nearby at the bottom of the stairs. Um, discordant, menacing theme plays. The the theme, 
music and the score throughout this whole movie is so iconic. Yep, Harry Man Freddy, and we'll talk obviously about it because he's just one of the greats when it comes to soundtracks with you know him, John Carpenter, and many others. But I, you know, I feel like that the series would obviously be great even with a different soundtrack, but it is just quintessential to everything that goes on in these movies. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause you hear the, and all the movies, you know, what's coming up. It's yes. like a, Oh, getting ready for the next part or yeah, here the comes the killer. Yeah. Definitely have their own theme. Mm-hmm. Um, actually it's, I wrote down, that's what the subtitles were actually saying. It says discordant menacing theme plays. Ooh, yeah, it says yeah. the subtitles as the killer walks up the staircase, two kids stop and hear someone approaching. The guy apologizes, saying that they they weren't doing anything, and then he gets stabbed. Um, and this is all in the point of view of the killer. And then it yeah. cha- then you're chasing the girl, and it turns into slow motion and freezes on her screaming face. And the strings hold out the cord, and bam, cold open. Friday the Thirteenth comes towards the screen, and it like zooms in towards <clears throat> the screen, and psh, glass shatters. What's really cool is that um, Ted Lowry did that mm-hmm. intro. And I don't know what it is about me just because, you know, it's coming out through the screen. It has that glass break. It's something that could probably be done, I wouldn't say fairly easily, but for the time, it just, I, I love it. And I know that a lot of people have commented on just how effective that opening is. Um, and yeah, good job, Ted Lowry, on that one because it's badass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> plays that we get the opening credits after the credits because it it's a daytime. Friday the 13th, present day in a small, quiet town. We then see a woman carrying a large camping bag, and she's walking up the street and stops at the gas station to pet a dog. She asks the dog how far it is to Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it's it's just kind of funny. Um, Then you hear a a song on the radio playing. or Actually, the radio starts playing in the background. You can hear it's Friday the 13th of June, and it's 7.01. And they start playing the song Sail Away Tiny Sparrow. Uh-huh. That's the song, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Harry Manfredi did that song too. Right? Oh, and it was uncredited or something? Like it just was just in there? No, I mean, I think it's at the end credits. Actually. Oh, okay. But uh, oh. I don't, this song is like the only song outside of the score that plays in this Interesting. Movie. It's like we just need a snippet of a song for this one part. Maybe they could. You know, because this is a really small budget. They couldn't buy the rights probably to an actual song or something. So they're like, just put together some, you know, 70s rock and go from there. <laughs> I thought I'd drop some change. That's the fucking cat. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as the song's playing, the hitchhiker then walks into a diner and asks how far away the camp is. All the customers slash town folk look at her like she's crazy. A man named Enos says it's about 20 miles. Another woman asked, Camp Blood, they're really opening that place up again. She asked if she could catch a ride with the bus and the man, uh, if she can catch the bus, but the man then offers her a ride. She introduces herself as Annie and they walk to his car. We get the famous scene with the old crazy guy. They stop him and he says, It's got a death curse. It's got a death curse. <laughs> yeah, and he warns them not to go. Um, yeah, so on the drive, Enyos asks Annie if her boss told her that uh, anything that had happened at the camp. She replies, no. And he tells her just to quit now while she can. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. Two kids got murdered back in 58. A boy drowned in 57. 
They tried reopening in 62, but the water was bad. And just all these things that have mm-hmm. been happening to this camp. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's always in all of these, in a lot of these movies, you get the the warnings and the, all the movies we've watched on this podcast. There's the, was the, there's the gas station attendant that says, oh, don't go up that way. Or you hear the village people, oh, you don't want to be here. Just go home. It's, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a, you know, it's commonplace in horror films, <laughs> but it makes sense. And I love the old crazy guy. That, it's got a death curse. <laughs> yeah. That's the best line ever. Um, so, yeah, and then he drops her off at an intersection outside of uh, Moravian Cemetery. Hope, New Jersey, it says on the gate. Mm-hmm. And then we get some banjo action. <laughs> banjo <as> action. <laughs> oh, <the> deliverance. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get some banjo action as it shows a car driving down the road with more people on the new camp. One of them being Kevin Bacon. My name's sake. Uh... Oh, is it? No, they oh, didn't oh, name me like... after Kevin. I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, my mom really liked Footloose and just decided to... Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the banjo son takes us all the way to camp where this where this dude in nothing but short shorts and a bandana around his neck is chopping wood. We find out that uh, he is Steve Christie. He's the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the one that's like basically reopening the camp. Um, the counselors are Jack Burrow, which is Kevin Bacon, Marcy Cunningham, and Ned Rubenstein. He introduces another character, Alice, and, they, and then he's like, well, there's work to go, to be done. Let's go on and get it. And the mm-hmm. counselors are like, shit, we still have like two or three weeks until we open or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yep, cuts to the next scene. They're nailing gutters up on the cabins. They're chopping wood. Stuff needs painted. Steve and Alice have an awkward conversation where he's kind of hitting on her. And she said that she'd been thinking about leaving. He asked her to give her another week, and she agrees. She shouldn't have done that. She mm-hmm. just fucking dipped out, honestly. I mean, what's the pay at this time for this <laughs> fucking place? Or is it volunteer work even exactly. worse? Yeah, even worse. Oh, It's like, fuck, dude. Uh, after that, Steve gets ready to leave and gives everybody a list of things to do, saying he'll be back after lunchtime, which is kind of funny, so I'm going to jump ahead. When mm-hmm. you see him again later... It's like fucking nighttime, and he's eating at the diet. Oh, I'll be back after lunch. Yeah, right yeah. Uh, very extensive lunch. <laughs> Bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they start setting up camp some more, starting with the archery targets. The next scene shows our hitchhiker still walking down the road and gets picked up by a jeep, but you don't see who's driving the jeep. Yeah, that already gives the uh, you know the idea of. Well, uh, I wonder. It must be yeah. someone we don't want to see. Aka. That's actually happening right now. That's funny. It's like, oh yeah, who's driving the Jeep? Um, But yeah, then she tells him that she's going to Camp Crystal Lake and she just starts talking. Annie is. uh, This whole scene cuts from outside of the Jeep to the driver's point of view. So you never like see the driver. You only Mm -hmm. see Annie and then you see like the car driving along. But yeah, you can't see the freaking driver. Um... They end up passing the entrance for the camp, and Annie starts getting worried. She asks the driver to stop, but they speed up. After asking to stop multiple times, and the the theme song starts ramping up again, she jumps out. But then the driver stops the vehicle, gets out, and chases Annie into the woods. And you got it mm. with the whole point of view. Yeah, with the whole point of view. Uh, of the killer, yeah. So, what do you think about all that? Do you have so anything I, to say all that? I mean, the thing is, what I appreciate about um, this movie is the, the classic pacing. Chasing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's some horror movies that just slowly plot along, like especially slashers. There's there's just some times where it's like where they're trying to establish characters that we either hate or try to care about. Here <laughs> it does a good job because yeah, we kind of are like, oh poor Annie here, but like it's it's still time, ramping up enough her. to keep people's interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and especially like this this first chase scene is i feel iconic because it's you know yes has it been done before absolutely but with the music with the cinematography of like following her um from her point of view and then the killer's point of view from looking out in the forest and then everything seems calm and then then boom boom. yep there he there he there's the killer is (laughs) boy almost gave it away i hope these people haven't seen this movie before i mean if you haven't seen this movie, but you've seen Scream, you might know who the killer is. And then there's some oh, of right. uh, Tom Savini's great work. Oh, yeah. Annie what, gets her, a lot of Savininess. Yep, so the killer catches Annie and slits her throat. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, this is where some of Savini's work comes into play. Uh, now we are back at the camp with the counselors hanging around on the dock. Ned then pulls a prank in the water, pretending to drown. And everybody's trying to help him out after bringing him back on the deck and giving him like freaking CPR. And that's definitely some some for, mouth to mouth foreshadowing. Mm. Or little... <laughs> also a foreshadowing because remember in the beginning he was talking about how a kid drowned in fifty seven, mm. and then that numbskull Ned's just trying to be silly, He's just freaking pulling pranks, mm-hmm. wrong pranks in the wrong place. Yep. And yeah, he pulls his prank, and after that. It cuts to the killer's point of view, watching them from across the lake, <coughs> which is great. Uh, every time we go, it's like every time we go to this point of view, we hear the mm-hmm. So it's like there's that reoccurring theme. You know what's going on. You know it's the killer. Um, you, you get accustomed to being afraid of that sound, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, after this, Alice then goes to her cabin and finds the snake inside. This turns into a whole fiasco, but they end up killing the snake, chopping its head off with a machete. An actual snake. Yeah. Uh, after this happens, a police officer shows up on a bike. This freaking police officer, dude. And starts asking what's going on, accusing Kevin Bacon of smoking weed and this and that. Oh, you guys bacon. Smoking weed around here when the one dude's running around with the freaking acting like an Indian, which is kind of, that's uh, a little racist. Um, maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yeah, 1980, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of yeah. tropes that you see in these movies sometimes. You're just like, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessary. But at the same time, like, I remember, uh, I don't know how many movies will will play on tropes like that. And, you know, we just have to keep in mind it's, it's from that time period. Yeah. And... You know, at least they'll all die horribly anyway, so <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah. That's what this movie, these movies are about. Just mm-hmm. fucking stylistic uh, murders. Like, yeah. they just, oh, how can we kill these freaking teenagers, pretty much? <clears throat> right. Uh, yeah, so after the accusing of the weed smoking and this and that, he explains that they're looking for the crazy old dude, which is Ralph. It's got a death curse guy. Yes. Uh, he then gets a call on his bike's radio to come back into town. 
after a little talk, he ends with the, oh, I like the, this quote was ridiculous. I had to put this in. He, before he leaves, he says, we ain't going to stand for no weirdness around here. It <laughs> <laughs> takes off after doing a silly loop around. Back inside the cabin, they start putting things away in the kitchen and find the Ralph, the crazy guy in the pantry, which is a pretty pretty good jump scare, honestly, because mm-hmm. you're just not expecting it. And he says, I'm the messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. This place is cursed. I just this love how um, I just love how committed he is to his role as crazy Ralph because he's fucking going to town and <laughs> he's he's a highlight for me. Uh, Mr. Uh, what's uh, Walter Gorney? I I was I have it down here. Nice. Walter Gorney is his name. It's Ralph. It's fucking great. I don't know what it is. I it's it's the melodramatic, almost Shakespearean. Oh, it's got a death curse, and yeah, I'm a messenger. Because he's not like freaking out about it. He's just like it's cursed. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's just so great. Uh, Sometimes dead is better. It's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, uh, kind yeah, of cemetery kind of does. Later on, they start making food, but I have to figure out the power situation. So wait. Oh, yeah, because they, they've they been here all day, and it's turning mm-hmm. nighttime, and they're like, oh, how are He's we still not back on? from lunch. It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, Kev, uh, Kevin Bacon, um, he says he was shown how to work the generator and gets it going. The next scene, we see Ned outside walking around and sees another two making out. He then walks the other way, and somebody pops up in a nearby cabin, he goes to check it out and cuts back to the two making out, which is Kevin Bacon and Marcy. Mm-hmm. And they start talking as the storm approaches. They then go inside due to the storm getting worse, where they get ready to do the dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other counselors are in another cabin playing guitar and hanging out. Is that always the go-to in, in camp settings? Oh, yeah, they're playing like, gu- they're the guitar out. Kumbaya, yeah. my lord. It's always I just, kumbaya. When I was at camp, I think if anyone brought a guitar out, we would all either leave or try to break the guitar because we don't want that shit around here. That's funny. I don't understand. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, the guitar and hanging out. It's Bill, Alice, and Brenda. Brenda su- then suggests playing a strip monopoly. Oh, that's more like it. And, and smoking some herb, which is funny. <laughs> There's a lot of weed references, and this is kind of well, like... It's, yeah, that's camp. All right. yeah, camp that's camp. Camp in the 80s. Well, you kids smoking? No, but we will later. <laughs> you know? Uh, it cuts back to Jan, uh, to Jack and Marcy doing the dirty, but then the camera pans to the top bunk where Ned is lying dead, which is pretty good. And they don't, they don't even know. It's like, how do you, how did you not see? I don't know. Or, or yeah. I don't know. Uh, it cuts back to the trio smoking and playing Monopoly, and then back to those couple, of, it, it goes back and forth between the group of counselors playing Monopoly and then Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. getting it on. Um, after that, Marcy, after they finish, uh, Marcy. <laughs> after after they finish. <laughs> Marcy then gets up to the uh, to go to the bathroom, and this is where we get the great scene of Jack, Kevin Bacon, getting stabbed through the neck from underneath the bed. More of Best the, kill more of in the entire movie. I, I don't, it's... Because of Tom Savini explaining how they did it mm-hmm. and how he had to poke it through and it was it was a really hard time getting it through the prosthetic and then he was having someone literally just hand hand squeeze blood coming out and it was like a last minute thing and then they were they have to reshoot it again they're like no actually it went great it's out of I mean all there's some really cool kills in this movie but that one is particularly iconic 
And I think when everyone thinks Friday the 13th, when slasher fans think of it, that's the kill that always comes to mind. I just, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, Tom Savini's work in this movie is pretty crucial. I mean, honestly. how many movies is he in after this? My goodness. Oh, I mean, I know he was in so some many. before, like, yeah. uh, I think Maniac came out before this, but that one is incredibly bloody. Was, then The Prowler, which... Was ooh, the boy, Prowler the, the one, the other one that he did the neck thing as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I literally just one. saw it a few months ago. I, he did something similar with it. I know he and, did some, yeah, something similar yeah. with it. And um, in, a, in an interview that I was like watching of his, it, mm-hmm. most of his practical effects, he, he works better under pressure, he said. He's kind of like, okay, what can we do? We well, as a Vietnam stuff. photographer, that oh, makes I mean, sense. Cause yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to wait for like bogeys <laughs> to come in through the woods. Oh, you got to get your pictures gosh. done. Yeah, and that's the other so, thing. He was... A, a war photographer, so mm-hmm. he knows how stuff's supposed to look mm-hmm. like, unfortunately. I think that's probably why he's still the best, you know, he's one of the best special effects artists I actually ever. had the pleasure of meeting him. Oh, uh, so I think Crypticon, Kansas City. Shout out to Crypticon, Kansas City. Hey, Crypticon. And there's Crypticon, yeah. Minneapolis, and Crypticon, Denver. Uh, you know, badass. If you like, if you want to go meet some people, you know, go out to their conventions. They do yearly conventions. Uh, but yeah, they I met have him. us there. I, yes. Mm. And I met him and I was like, hey, you know, got his autograph. Uh, That's this cool. and that. And I was like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And I was going to have somebody take it. And he was like, oh, no, give me your phone. And he, he took a selfie. A selfie. It's like, yeah. shit. That's cool. Yeah. So he's pretty, you know, pretty humble. I could guy. imagine. He's and very what's humble. What's crazy was he didn't have a line. I went over there. I was like, "What the fuck? Like, do people not know what Tom Savini's?" He's also here. an actor too. He's been in a lot yeah, of good shit like, too. It's, the amount like, of work that he has done in the horror community is like, you know. Well, if it wasn't gutting. for his special effects, I mean, no, there's others, of course, but oh my gosh, it it paved the way for '80s horror, yes. absolutely. So the special effects you get, I often when we get these movies off to remember who did special effects, but like the special effects for the thing, special effects for the howling, special effects for American Werewolf in London, and demons, and it just goes on. It's all these movies. I feel like Tom Savini was the one who kind of you know brought that to the fore. Yes, he was obviously really um, influenced by the Giallo and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that but he was trying to make it a little more realistic and i think that's what made his his work stick so well compared to other special effects artists anyway anyway i can talk about i can talk about I mean, shit, yeah we got mm-hmm. we have to at least we should just acknowledge an just on him tom savini for sure oh <clears> yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah so yep yeah, after the neck stabbing underneath the bed underneath the bed we go back and forth between uh, that and the, the monopoly game after jack's death we cut to marcy in the bathroom which is in a separate building which is like i guess all the I, that makes sense though at, at yeah, camp yeah, it's just yeah. a, you know yeah our bathrooms um, are in a separate building at our camp yeah camp pokemoke pokemoke uh this is where she gets murdered with an axe to the head which yes. is possible for uh, back to the Monopoly game where everybody's stripping until the door blows open due to the storm. That's when Brenda calls out at night because she has to go check out uh, her cabin window. She's like, oh, I left my windows open. And I bet like, she would have won, too. It's like, dang. You want to know who won that fucking game? They were spending so much time on it. Uh, <sighs> if you've ever... 
If you've ever played a game of Monopoly, you especially know how much Monopoly. fucking time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of time. Uh, so yeah, after she's like, "Oh, I gotta go check on my my windows in the cabin," it then shows Steve, the boss at the diner <laughs> from earlier, and the "Sail Away, Tiny Sparrow" songs playing. It's like I guess that song is the only song that's just get forever on repeat at this fucking diner. Yet again, couldn't get the rights <laughs> to other songs because of the budget, so just make them. You know, silly little pop song and just call it good. Uh, I wrote down, it's pouring rain and he's finishing up. It's dinner time after lunch, huh? Because it's fucking nighttime out. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> you have it here a few times. Lunch. It's dinner time, not lunch time. After lunch, huh? Fuck off. Because it's dark as I fuck I feel like out you have some, <laughs> there must be something that has happened within your work-related history about a boss just fucking off and not coming back or oh, something. Oh, my. Gosh. There's something here, Dustin. Yes. We must. <laughs> <laughs> I did write it like that. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Uh, he then heads back to the camp through the storm. It shows, uh, it cuts back to Brenda in the bathroom building, getting ready for the night. Mysterious piano music plays as she brushes her teeth. And we get the... Brenda hears a rattling from the one of the stalls as she continues to grab her things. She shuts out the lights and leaves. She does the right Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, fucking, nope, fuck yeah, this. I'm dipping out. We then find our boy Steve on the side of the road. His Jeep won't start. He's like, he's hauling some stuff back. He gets stuck in the storm or some mm-hmm. shit. Um, and that's when a cop shows up and the cop gives Steve a lift and they leave the Jeep there. They're like, ah, oh, we'll come back and get it tomorrow. Uh, back to our killer's point of view, we're watching Brenda from outside of a window. She gets into bed and starts reading a book. And then we hear a very faintly, she looks up and goes back to the book. Then again, help me. Brendan gets up and she goes to the door asking, hello. And you hear a response again. Over here, please, somebody help me. And you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You're like, what is this? Uh, she's walking through the dark campgrounds through the rain with just a flashlight and her pajamas on. The screen is really dark besides the light coming from her flashlight. And we see a hand flip a break switch, breaker switch and all the floodlights come on, blinding Brenda. We then hear her scream as the scene cuts away to Alice. She's alone and bored, plucking the guitar strings. They're playing the freaking guitar again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and messing with the fire until Bill comes in. She said that she thought she heard Brenda scream and somebody turned on the lights down at the archery. And when her and Bill go to look out the window... The lights are off, so they go and investigate, looking for Brenda. What is happening? (laughs) That's just coming through the laptop, not on the thing. That's a jump scare. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, So, yeah, they decide to go and investigate and look for Brenda. And where they're looking around, they find a bloody axe in her bed Mm -hmm. and go running to look for the others. They go from building to building until they break into the office to get the keys to the truck. But then the truck won't start. Well, of course, of course, it doesn't start. And we cut back to Steve and the cop and talking about the camp and the crazy old man Ralph. The cop gets a call over the radio about a car accident and pulls over to drop Steve off. When Did you hear that? Hmm. Ass. I was spooked. No. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> Sorry, the fuck I was the hearing. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um. I 
think that's what I'm hearing. I'm going oh, crazy. It's like the Jeep trying to start. I'll, fucking... <laughs> I'll cut this out. We can start making sound, though. Uh, we should do Foley art. Uh, so, yeah, we cut back to the to Steve and the cop, and they're talking about camp and the crazy old man Ralph. Uh, then the cop gets a call about a car accident. He pulls over to drop Steve off. We then get this cool shot of Steve running out of the darkness with his yellow poncho on. He then gets blinded by a flashlight and says, Oh, hi! <laughs> what are you doing out in these in this mess? This is kind of funny how mm-hmm. he says that. I thought I was hearing shit. It's the fucking cat fucking mm-hmm. eating. Um, and then he gets stabbed. So now we're back with Alice and Bill. Uh, Alice is laying down while Bill lights a lantern to go around and look some more. Alice is alone for quite some time. Uh, she gets up to make some coffee. She's trying to just stay awake, I guess. Then goes around looking, shouting for Bill until she comes across him, arrowed to like one of the doors. He's just mm-hmm. hanging there, suspended a, by arrows. That's a really cool shot. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I, I, I here's one thing I appreciate with a lot of these kills is that it's using like you know, um, they're all using stuff you'd find out of summer camp. So yeah. arrows, an axe, an axe um, later nice, a machete. You know. I just I just find that yeah. really neat, and that happens throughout some of these the earlier Friday the Thirteenth films, like just the way he kills. It always yeah, he, is a camp theme, different weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just find that really neat there that they put that in there. Um, yep. And then I wrote cue theme music and final girl sequence. Alice mm-hmm. screams and runs into one of the cabins, locking the door behind her. Trying, or then she like ties it shut. She piles a bunch of furniture in front of the door. She's freaking out. Uh, she grabs the lanterns and a baseball bat and checks out the rest of the cabin. We get another point of view shot, but from Alice's view, which is kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. you're like, huh, what's going on here? And she stops into the kitchen and a body comes flying through the window. So it looks like Brenda, which is, yeah, there goes Brenda. <laughs> yeah. She sees a Jeep pull up outside and thinks it's Steve, but it's an old lady. Mm. She's like, oh, well, who are you? And... Well, I'm Mrs. Voorhees. By the way, before we get into this, okay, a lot of people have pretty strong opinions. Sorry, she's grabbing his ass on the TV. I'm getting really distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon's ass was on the TV, and I was like, I'm trying to make a point here. Um, <laughs> Betsy Palmer as an actress. Some people say that you know that this role, like she's too over dramatic, or his her acting is just kind of silly. I say fuck them because I love what she does with this. And I watched that Friday the 13th documentary, like the 13 hour one, which is ironic. And she is just the most humble, kind lady on planet earth. Unfortunately, she's passed recently, Mm -hmm. but you know, she was talking about some of the backlash she got for doing this little slasher film because in the, you know, fifties and sixties, she was known for, you know, more like romantic comedies and dramas and stuff like that. And some people like were saying, "Why are you doing this, you know, horror film?" And she says though that I have more fans for my one role in this movie than all my other movies combined. Yeah, I think and I, I heard that. I well. just love what she does with this part. So big kudos to her. If you really don't like her acting, I guess that's too bad. Cause you're missing out. And just what an awesome person Betsy Palmer was. All right, let's get that in there, Mrs. Voorhees. 
Oh, Alice starts freaking out, explaining that everybody's dead. She starts crying in the lady's arms. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees takes her inside, telling her everything will be okay. She used to work for the Christies. And she starts ranting about a young boy who drowned. And some counselors were fooling around while it happened. She used to be a cook back then at the camp. And uh, I wrote, <laughs> she's getting a little crazy. crazy. She's getting a little crazy. She starts having flashbacks of Jason drowning. Uh, screaming help help mommy and she re- starts responding out loud um, to these thoughts in her head <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and tells Alice that Jason was her son and that today was his birthday and Alice asks where the Mr. Christie is and Mrs. Voorhees replies that she can never let this place open again and attacks Alice but Alice fights back uh, she knocks her down and runs off finding more dead bodies along the way so yeah this is like yeah, Q classic freaking final girl scene for mm-hmm. sure. She the killers chasing them. They're finding the dead bodies of everybody else. And what I appreciate too is that just kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, like Alice is is smart. She's yeah. she's fighting back, but not like in the oh I tripped over myself. And yeah. she's she's a badass. And I she's actually one of my favorite final girls from the eighties. And should have been more of the prototype. Her and Jamie Lee Curtis both. Um, just, you know, she puts up a hell of a fight. And she's, mm-hmm. I, I think, if we were ever in a dangerous situation, I'd love to be with Alice to help me out. Because she knows what the hell to do. Oh, here we go. Here's the arrow scene. Yeah. Brutal. Like, pump it, pump it, pump it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. the same guy that'll be in all of these 80s romantic comedies it's weird to think about anyway uh, no kevin bacon no he's in other stuff too oh yeah no he's he, in some really great stuff. he dips in some horror for sure like oh, tremors hollow and, man oh yeah yeah, yeah. and um the following that, the following that, 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 was, that was a good show good mm-hmm. uh either way mm-hmm. so back to mrs Voorhees and alice uh so yeah alice uh, knocks down mrs Voorhees, runs off she starts finding all the dead bodies of, of the other counselors and it cuts to Mrs. Voorhees. She starts talking back and forth to herself as herself and as Jason. And I wrote Psycho mm-hmm. Reference. Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Most likely. Alice posts up in the room and just waits for Mrs. Voorhees, which is, again, another smart thing. Just fucking post up and yeah. just wait for him. She throws stuff at her. Uh, yeah, so Mrs. Voorhees enters the room. She throws, throws stuff at her. But gets slapped a shit ton. Slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, she got bam, bam, bam. It's like damn. (laughs) After some more scrambling, uh, Mrs. Voorhees is down long enough for Alice to run away again. But then she gets back up and starts searching for her. They play a game of hide and seek, and Alice hides in a closet like Laurie Strode in Halloween. Mm -hmm. And after a while, and a few more near misses, Alice makes it down to to the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's where Mrs. Voorhees attacks her with the machete, but Alice deflects it with uh, an oar from one of the freaking canoes or whatever mm-hmm. back down there, uh, knocking it out of their hand. And they wrestle around some more until Alice gets up, runs over, and grabs the machete. And what chops off Mrs. Voorhees' head? It's like slow motion. <clears throat> it's the head's flipping and flying. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. After that, some lighthearted music plays as she gets into the canoe and floats off into the middle of the lake. It then cuts to the next morning with her sitting there on the lake. 
And the music's playing until the cops show up in the distance. And Jason jumps out of the water and pulls her under in slow motion with one of the greatest jump scares of all time. Here's the weird thing about, or here's the great thing. No matter how many times I've seen that movie, this movie, She's like, ah. no matter how many times I've watched it, it's there's always just that serenity that you're like, oh yeah, maybe it's it's probably not going to happen this time, or maybe it happens later. When is that? Oh, there it is. Like every <laughs> time, it just I don't know how they time it, but it's it's perfect, and yeah, it it's still even though I've seen this movie so many times, I still get like a little like, huh. yeah, excellent. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I think saying it one of the greatest jumps, greatest jump scares of all time, absolutely, and the fact that it's also just a scene that sets up so much for the future. Yeah, that axe to the face, oh, brutal, brutal. Oh, th- I think that's actually on a sticker that I got. Hmm. The one with the axe to the with face. The axe to the face. I gotta look that up. Yeah, it's uh, this guy that I met up in Salem. He has a band and gave me like they have stickers and it was freaking axe to a face and honestly oh. after seeing that scene again right here i, th- I think it's that oh, scene. nice but uh yeah so after <clears throat> one of the greatest jump scares of all time it's not over she wakes up screaming in the hospital it's kind of like american werewolf in london mm-hmm. the fake outs mm-hmm. oh i love those people for that movie yeah that movie's great mm-hmm. um yeah, so it's a fake-out jump scare. She wakes up screaming in the hospital. The doctors come for her, and the cops start asking questions. She asked, she didn't ask if the boy who attacked her and pulled her under the water is dead. And they say, no, they never found a boy. Never found like, a body. No. Man, we never found no boy. And she says, well, then he's still there. And it cuts back to the lake, and then it rolls credits. That's it. Mm-hmm. And the part two just leaves off right from that part. Yes. With a lot of unanswered questions. But that's for another time. Another Friday the 13th time. For another time. Yeah. Yeah. Another Friday the 13th. Well. So, yeah. Any scenes that stuck out for you? Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to. But, like, you know, obviously Tom Savini's kills in this are what make the movie. Um, Whether it's the arrow through the throat, um, you, you know. The um, impalement with the arrows, the axe to the face, the whole ending, um, especially with Jason jumping, like from the decapitation to the Jason jumping out of the water, that, that everything about those last ten minutes are just great. Um, yeah, and then of course some of Tom Savini's best work, and set the. I mean, this was this is what started the slasher craze, and yeah. yes, did it borrow from Twitch of the Death Nerve. Did it borrow from Bay of Blood? Absolutely yeah. it did. And Sean S. Cunningham said, yeah, I I used those movies as a template. You, but it did it for um, a whole new audience, American audiences, new white audience, and we get all these, this, you know, plethora of slasher movies. Some great, some, eh, some, oh, and then some that are iconic and still remembered today. So this is an important movie for a lot of reasons. And mm-hmm. those scenes and the kills that just look so realistic and brutal opened up the rest of the 80s um, for some great horror flicks. 
especially slasher wise. Yes. And, and um, performances too. Like we have Betsy Palmer's Mrs. Ford. He's already gave my two cents about her. Mm-hmm. I think that she plays the perfect crazy woman. Adrian King is Alice. Also just a, another iconic, you know, final girl. And um, that's why I put Adrian King and Jamie Lee Curtis are two of my favorite quote unquote final girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, I mean the special effects, like we talked about Tom Savini, Tom Savini, Tom Savini. Um, you can't say any more about, about him. Like it just, he did an incredible job here. And because of this, he was hired on for almost every other project in the eighties and mid into <laughs> yeah, the nineties and everything. Um, overall, even with his flaws, it had a huge impact on, had a huge impact on the genre. And as I said in the beginning, like I've always been a huge fan of the Friday 13 series and Jason. And when I found out that this, you know, this was not Jason, that was even yeah. more cooler because that final scene is is two women duking it out, and we're not used to seeing that. It's mm-hmm. always a a hooded man or a masked man that is overpowering a, a helpless woman. Not here. We got a powerful woman versus another powerful woman. Hashtag badass babes. I don't know. It's like badass women. Hashtag final girls. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it's freaking. I would have to agree with everything. Like scenes that stick out, like obviously the kills. That's what this movie's about, mm-hmm. and it all goes back to Tom Savini and his work. And the the actors and actresses aren't aren't too unlikable and over the top, you know. Which I appreciate. Yeah, like they're they're, they're, they're where they need to be. And yeah. Alice is actually someone you can root for. Yes. Um, but like, there's not one of them. Like, man, I hope they die soon. Like, they're you know they're. They're kind of cardboard cutouts of teenagers, but at the mm-hmm. same time, at least they're not like we're going to make these characters so unlikable that everyone's going to cheer when they die. Yeah, we're more there, like there are other slashers that do that for sure. <laughs> yep, yep, many, many. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I I enjoyed this one. Um, mm-hmm. There's about one Friday the Thirteenth that I don't enjoy. I don't know. Should we? I guess we'll. I kind of want to talk about the other Friday the Thirteenth as well. A little bit. Let's go. Let's go off script. But uh, we mm-hmm. we're, we'll stick to this one for a second, and we'll just get through the sound, and then we'll just kind of yeah. touch on some other ones here. Uh, so yeah, soundtrack is <laughs> "Sail Away, Tiny Sparrow" is the only <laughs> song played and repeated, made by Harry Manfredini. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays on the diner radio a couple times. Otherwise, the score was also composed obviously by Harry and mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the most iconic pieces in horror film history I would say I yep. think hands down the, and like John the, Carpenter's Halloween and yeah the the chit the kick kick ma 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 the main theme it's yeah um I will say that I think probably Friday the 13th part 3 score I don't I'm not sure if it's still uh, by Harry, but that score is my favorite. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and the yeah, and the sound design too. Um, I oh, think I like oh. he did all of them. Yeah, Harry did. Yeah, hey, so, I know because yes. I saw it when I was watching Jason X. It showed him again, and I was like, nice. yeah, they made yep. him, they made him do this. Google right here. He did every Friday the Thirteenth. Wow. He did House and House Two. Oh, House. Yeah, that's the house other three. House Four. I didn't even realize there was more than two. Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Wishmaster. Shit. Slaughter High. Zombie Island Massacre. What is this? 
there you go. And some of these will have to. Yeah. So shit, he is in it for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. as a, a composer of horror movies, so. uh, yeah. Do you want to add anything about Harry? No, I mean I think you know this is where he's known for, and he's talked about when he came up with the score and the and. He's just amazed at just how some simple effect like that has really latched onto the series. And I'm pretty sure people would riot if they watched a Friday the 13th movie and it didn't have that in the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It just, it goes with it just like the John Carpenter theme, just like the Charles Byrne, is it Bernstein's um, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, like all of it. Um, It's just one of those, yeah. Yeah. it's, It's one of those that you need to have and you need to have the Kiki Mama. You need to have the killer point of view. And then obviously much later you need to have the machete and hockey mask. It's, so it's mm-hmm. yeah, it all comes together well. And obviously we've talked a lot about the actors and actresses. Um, you know, one thing I I made a little note about Kevin Bacon that it's weird that he talks about a lot of his films and a lot of documentary stuff, but he never is in any Friday the thirteenth documentaries. And I've scoured YouTube because I love this. This is like his stuff. first movie. This is his very first movie. He never talks about it. He never mentions it. When they do, like, when they did a Friday the 13th um, reunion, he was not there. Huh. They, I don't, maybe they called him up. He, he said no. His agent said no. So I don't know why, though. He should be proud of Kevin, being part of. Horror. Not you, Kevin. I was like, hey. Kevin Bacon. What's up, dude? Why don't, why, why don't you talk about yeah. it? Yeah. You'll do all the footloose shit you want, but not Friday the 13th? Come on now. Come back to Tremors. You're tre- yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but he's he's probably been on one for Tremors. I was I don't know, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it's like it's almost it's not like he's ashamed of it or something. It's, yeah, but it's his first role. I don't know, and it and it made a lot of money, which I'll talk about a little later. Um, so other um parts of the crew. I mean, we talked about Tom Savini. We'll leave him be. Barry Abrams <laughs> is the d- director of photography, which. You know, you talked about that cool scene where he's walking through the rain and and this the way this yeah. is shot, like it, it how it pans in and out, the POV, all of that, it does a really good job. Like mm-hmm. the POV right here from you know, from some of the victims and all of that. Yeah. And the way he's able to capture moments of, you know, extreme brutality really work well with Tom Savini's work. So you never see behind the the magic, I guess is how I put it. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, Barry Abrams does a good job. Bill Freda is editor. His editing is always on point. Like you said, we're editing back and forth from the Monopoly game to this, from the girl outside to the household. It's just, it's it's really well edited and put together. Yeah. Gary A. Hecker and Vanessa Theme Ament, is how I'm saying, the Foley artists. I just wanted a special shout out to them because all the kills sound extra brutal with the mm. and the and yeah. the, and they put all that <laughs> together and it just it sounds great. And last but not least, I know I put Ted Lowry at the beginning. But that cool intro mm-hmm. sequence is awesome. And with Sean Cunningham, we, you know, you kind of gave we, us some info, but for him, it's really been more about he's mostly known for producing um, a lot of the Friday the 13th. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Hmm. And Friday the 13th is this is the one he directed. He also um, directed Jason X. That's the only, that's like one of the other two that he directed, hmm. which is like, man just produced like, yeah yeah and then he directed house too from 1985 which i think is a great film that and steven minor um did a great job that, which is interesting steven minor is the producer in this hmm. and then sometimes steven minor is the director 
And then Sean S. Cunningham is the producer. They switch roles sometimes. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the Friday the 13th obviously did very well. He's a very rich man for them. Um, not very rich, I guess, but you know, <laughs> successful. Um, only House received a marginal number of viewers, but in his other non-horror-related movies, like there was one, the, the Nurse with the Purple Hair, was some short film that what? received very... I know, it's a thing. That's your very low scores. So I think he just stuck with horror and just kind of led on to that. Hmm. And there was nothing really about directing style or anything cause he's mostly been a producer. Um, but if you take from this, I mean, obviously he said, yeah, I took a lot from other films and try to make it my own in some way. But obviously, you know, they wanted to follow the success of Halloween and they wanted to, you know, showcase what Giallo would look like if it was in America or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was released in the United States. Um, alternate name. I did find it. Oh, it okay, because I was yeah. trying to find something, and I no. Oh. So it says right here the concept was uh, the concept for Friday the Thirteenth began as nothing more than a title. Right, a long night at Camp Blood was the working title Victor Miller used while he drafted a script. And that's then a Shana, bad name. Then Cunningham was just like, "No, we're gonna do Friday the Thirteenth," and just like slapped it as an advertisement. Yeah, before they even started filming. Yeah, that was like it's coming. You know coming next year or something and that yeah that got a lot people of people were like what is this yes, right and because of that it worked the budget was yeah. five hundred fifty thousand, which you know that's pretty low budget but it earned 39 million Woo. at the time 1980 that's a that's a box that's office a record for sure and that's a was lot. like we need another one and another one and, and another, another one, one. Yes. Then at nine, they were like, oh, okay, we don't need it They did try um, kind of ending the series. They're like, okay, the final chapter, this is it. And they made a a lot new of money. chapter? Wait. Yeah. And they made a lot of money in the studio. Jason lives. Like, no, we fucking... Jason, don't. actually, he's going to go to New York next. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, he needs to go to hell. No, no man. We fucking space. space. <laughs> oh, no, he needs to fight Freddy. Yes. Now let's just reboot the whole fucking thing. Reboot right. it and then put like the first three movies in the remake. Yeah, why not? Um, it, Rotten Tomatoes, sixty three percent from critics and sixty percent from audience. Kind and I remember surprising. a clip. I remember a clip from Roger Ebert. If he was a huge movie critic, and yeah. back in the day, from like the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and he died in late twenty tens. But he despised the film. He said, "This is what's wrong with America." Really, wow. <laughs> he hated it. And I'm like, if here's the thing, I think he's a bit of a pompous ass, but I mean, he has to admit looking, you know, if he's was alive, looking back, it's like, yeah, it still made a lot of money, though. Yeah. It's not always doesn't always have to be a Lawrence of Arabia doesn't always have to be the Godfather doesn't always have to be, um, you know, Gandhi. It, 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 sometimes it can be just a fun film that a lot of people like mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfect. So take that, Roger Ebert. <laughs> anyway, it's on Prime, it's on Max, it's on Hulu. But for me, and I'll ask Dustin here, what would you the rating system, the kill it, watch it, buy it, what would you what'd you do? Uh, I mean, I definitely watch it for mm-hmm. sure. Uh I own the entire franchise. So buy it. Yes. Buy the franchise. I think you gotta have this on your shelf. Like, I don't know, sure they're streaming on services, but I'm a collector, so Yeah. I say buy it. 
I would too, because if you know, if if you like horror movies, you this don't is, have Friday the Thirteenth. Like, I, I think like, it's just one of those that's you know, every decade there's movies that stick out and were iconic, and this is just one of those. Just like for the seventies, it was like The Exorcist, and just like for the sixties, it was Psycho, and just goes on and on and on. That's just one of those that you need to have, um, and I would also buy it too, mm-hmm. like hands down. Because you can buy the entire series. And I also recommend if you really like Friday the 13th, like myself, watch the 13-hour documentary on Shudder. It's really informative and really well done. And you, I learned a lot about the series from it. I mean, so. there's even fan-made films, mm-hmm. too. A lot. Actually, quite a bit. Yeah. Compared to other franchises, this one has a lot of fan-made films. The only other franchise that has all fan-made films. Do you want to guess? You want to mm-hmm. guess? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yep. There it is. <laughs> there. <laughs> there it is. Um, there it is. So, I mean, yeah, I kind of want to yeah dive into the franchise a little bit more. This is a special Friday the 13th episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this franchise spawned video games. Mm-hmm. It, an old, Even the old NES game. Yeah, old NES game. And then the newer one that just kind of got killed. The servers got shut down. That's sad. But yeah. it, that was a fun game. I don't know, you could only do so much with these games. But it, they're fun. Right. Um, it also spawned a television series. But I never watched that. And I don't think it's about Jason at all. No. To my knowledge. It's kind of like, you know, Freddy's Nightmares. Where they're not mm-hmm. really about him. He's more like a Tales from the Crypt-esque like... Here's yeah. a cool story, kids. <laughs> and then, oh, here we go. Um, mm-hmm. On September 28th of 1987, Paramount began airing the Friday the 13th series, a television series that focuses on two cousins attempt to recover cursed antiques that were sold from a shop that they inherited from their uncle. Hmm. So, yeah, that's freaking, that has nothing to do. Yeah, I, I think it's more so kind of a, Halloween three season of the witch type. Oh. Hey, we're gonna do this, but it's gonna be So they they bought the rights to Friday the thirteenth, then did nothing. Well with... no, it's still Paramount. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Now then that yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm kinda curious about that. Yeah, I wanna I would actually check these out. It says what, seventy two episodes, jeez. Yeah, the series ran for seventy two episodes and Huh. Yeah, All no sorts of stuff. Shit. Um, so I'm gonna ask you, what mm-hmm. are what's your favorite ah. from the franchise? Well, here's the thing. I have I think the absolute favorite would probably be I'd be four see like four or seven. But I really like two. I guess he doesn't have the hockey mask. He has the burlap sack over his head. Mm-hmm. But there are some just really awesome kills. And that the that really badass ending, um, which I know we'll go over and I won't give it away now. But like, you know, the interactions with him and the final girl in that one are, are particularly unique. Mm-hmm. But four obviously has some of the coolest kills. Um Seven is when he's more of in his like zombie like form, um. So yeah, I'd probably be like two, four, and seven. But if I had to pick, it'd be part four. 
it'd be yeah and that's the final, well, chapter. The final chapter yeah interesting because like three is okay but all those weird 3d effects kind of ruin it for me if you're not watching in 3d and even then it's uh, like oh cool I, I, it's three, neat. Three's on the list for me. Actually. Oh, I mean, it's 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 good. It's got you know, the best. Cool it's stuff. got the best uh, soundtrack for sure. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Um, then five's say, the outlier, but I mean, yeah, yeah that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still good, but it's I don't know. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> but it's it is it is what it is. Uh, that's all. <laughs> that's some great. That's, yeah, that's what I will say. <laughs> Uh yeah, we're, how about yourself we're though? Um, yeah. I guess yeah, I'll pick part three. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say oh, part two is really good too. Yeah, I really like. And too. for fun, Freddy versus Jason, mm. only because mm-hmm. it's just fun and the soundtrack's good. And Jason fucking slaughters a lot of people in that movie yeah that's for sure my least favorite is jason goes to hell for sure and here's the thing about that i for some reason find that film pretty unique but in a in a good way i don't know a lot of you disagree with me i know derek disagrees with me a lot of people do but i don't know when i was little and rented all of these movies i found that final diner scene and the him blowing his ass up and <laughs> all of that was just so bonkers and him like you know they were vomiting the yeah, soul of i think that's what it's just, just ridiculous i don't it's, i just i found I mean, that amazing when i was 12 years old i guess non-spoiler but like oh whoops i just gave no i mean ah. no that's fine but it's funny because that's where i draw the line but in another one we have a telekinetic character against yeah, jason i'm like oh this four. is okay yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> I, yeah. I i don't know the the body jumping and the puking and the transferring and the, i don't i just found that just like, difference and yeah on? does it make much sense no but it's just so no, brutal and would yeah I, I don't know and then we could talk about jason rides a boat part oh eight. part a <laughs> it's, it's got some great it's got a great soundtrack i'll give him that got a great scene of him walking through Times Square and just fucking the one that, scene in all radio. of New York the rest of it's in fucking Canada <laughs> that one scene in Times Square mm-hmm. but it is cool because you're like you wouldn't ever think seeing Jason just walking down most of it's on a boat going and, to and New York I mean honestly which is uh, cool I what think. four or five six seven, or no what is he part five I think mm-hmm. when does uh Kane Hodder pop in um, I think that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I'm pretty sure it starts seven. Actually, I'm pr- I'm positive it starts at seven because I know he's in eight. I yeah. definitely know he's in nine. He's, he's obviously in Jason in X. Yep, he is. Mm-hmm. Part seven. Yeah, that pretty, that's when it started. I seven, can't remember eight, who did it right before nine, him. Ten. That's crazy. Yeah, you would think that. People always consider him the most iconic Jason, but he's actually the more recent one. I know he's he, the one with known as like the zombified the, form of Jason, and he's also uh, the 
one that they used for the Jason model in the video game. The video game, yeah. Like, he is the most iconic Jason, but like you said, he didn't come in until the fucking seventh movie. How about the remake, though? Who did they use oh, for that? That, is, that was Derek Mears. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good, for, good for you, yeah. We could get the Laurie Stroh, but we got the Derek Mears. <laughs> well, that's I, okay. I couldn't. I also had his autograph. So oh, that's cool. I, so I have uh, the Steelbook Blu-ray um, box set, I guess, of mm-hmm. Friday the 13th movie, and I've met like four or five of the Jasons. Uh, there is one Jason that one actor that played Jason who's no longer alive. I can't think of his name, mm-hmm. but I do have Derek Mears' uh, autograph. I do have Kane Hodder's autograph. That's cool. And um, Ari... Uh, layman the guy who plays the kid right he plays kid jason kid jason in yeah the first in the first one as well that's neat but yeah so there's there's been like one two three five or six different people who played jason or even seven honestly but yeah. kane hotter played the most jasons yeah that's probably also another I, reason why he's the most iconic because he's played four jasons nobody else even played yeah two i don't think right it's always been mixed around a little yeah. bit but, but yeah i mean shit i guess i don't know do you have anything else to add to the franchise we're gonna dive deep into the other movies later yeah i mean there's so sure, many i wanted to touch kills. them touch them for sure yeah in this but yeah so i guess that will be it for this week <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this special Friday the 13th episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. It could be Spotify. It could be Apple Apple Podcast. Wherever. Well, supposed to say Apple Pie. I don't know. Apple Pie. <laughs> Spotify, Spotify. Apple Pie. Pie. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin. Give us a like on Facebook. Um, we post a lot on I post a lot too. We both post a lot. We both We're post, both so we probably post too much. But like, we, I'd rather. Give wouldn't us you a rather? would you rather have that though? Uh, have us like, post too much than not enough or at all? Because like you're posting cool stuff and memes, and then you post about special events, and then you post about you know like you know iconic things going around like you know movie theaters around the Metro Omaha area, doing, yeah. or you know like Crypticon and. So you're doing that. I'm posting all the shit I'm watching. I'm doing the 31 day thing. So I'm watching even more movies on top of all these. Mm-hmm. So and shout out to a, a Nightmare on Film Street, mm-hmm. honestly, because they're the ones that pop up with the 31 days of Halloween, and they put together like a list of themes each for each day. And I've done that for a few years, but this year I'm like, uh, don't worry, I got I'm you a, covered. I'm, <laughs> I'm already I got watching, it down. I'm already watching too much, but that's also fun. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, give us that like on Facebook and follow yeah. us on Instagram too. We don't always post the same stuff. Sometimes Instagram might have like a little video while Facebook might have a cool, um, you know, meme that you won't <laughs> see on there. Or or just uh, like links to other cool events going on. And we have this giant list, by the way, of um, recommendations for our st- people who just do streaming out there. There's a whole long list of from Hulu from netflix Netflix, from peacock and all those Mm -hmm. amazon and tubi a couple others yeah yeah. so you know thanks to dustin um for putting that together and for getting these awesome lists it'd be like man i need to watch more horror movies there you go i know it just makes me want to watch more it's like oh there's so much good stuff yeah 
And then uh, don't forget, too, if you ever have questions, comments, or want us to cover a particular movie or a particular soundtrack or maybe even like, hey, I'd really like to be on the show. We can make it work at hfmmpodcast.gmail.com. You can email us. You can also follow us on Letterboxd, HFMM Podcast. But we also yeah. have our own personal lovely Letterbox. What's yours again? Mine is Spooky402, and you can see all the stuff that I'm watching outside of the podcast. Mine is HedgeKnight227, where I'm yeah going down my list of 31 horror movies in 31 days. So I'm putting a lot on there right now. Everything from the best to the fuck did I just watch? It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty sure the next episode that's going to come out after this is going to be part four mm-hmm. of our 1960 a year a horror. Wait, fuck! I always fuck year, it up. Year horror. horror by the year. Yes, 1960 horror by the year, um, part four. Which is <laughs> Kevin's favorite movie, The Horrors of Spider Island. Oh! <laughs> no! And I think we will also be, hopefully, um, we're supposed to round back up here with Alex Barker, who joined us on and the Evil Dead. Uh, and yeah, he's, yeah, he's, going, yes. he's he's been putting together a horror trivia for us. Ooh, so we're going to be... hopefully uh, put that one out here too pretty soon. So. Be on the lookout for those. The stakes will be high. It will not be trivial trivia. Yeah, that's and for we sure. just found out that our local Alamo draft house is doing a horror trivia. So if you have an Alamo uh, wherever you live, I guess. <laughs> this episode will be before that, I hope, right? I think. No, that's oh. the 19th. This is oh, the... good. Okay. Then yeah, if you hear this, come on and see us and visit us. Be like, hey, yeah, I like or, your show. Or see if uh, your local Alamo has a trivia. If you like horror so much, go do it on your own. Yes, Honestly. of course. But uh yeah, so until then, thanks for listening and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm Dustin. And I'm Kevin. Have a happy Friday the thirteenth. Have a happy Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> In the lake, the the one who attacked me, the one who pulled me underneath the water. Ma'am, we didn't find any boy. Friday the 13th.